the last few properties I kept, I love them. They pay me every month. I was able to refinance them, get some equity out. That was my tax-free profit. Then I still get to keep the house and have the tenants pay them down. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available? Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times and they have been a previous sponsor and they love working with the best ever listeners and they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Nick Beveridge. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing awesome. How are you today? I'm doing awesome as well. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Nick. He has been involved in real estate for eight years and has been investing for three of those eight. He's a 30-year-old investor and agent with Keller Williams. He hosts a real estate investing group that meets monthly, and he's been doing it for over two years in northern Idaho. Specifically, he's based in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So with that being said, Nick, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yes, I'm 30 years old. I wish I would have got started right when I started selling real estate and investing. That would have been a great time to get going, but I really had no idea what I was doing. So lately, I've been focusing on buying holds, but I first started off flipping homes with my brother, and we made a ton of mistakes. We had to learn almost everything we were doing on YouTube. We started off with very little cash, and the first house we sold, we made 44 grand on, and then it's just been a snowball ever since. Wow, 44 grand on your first place and you learned it from YouTube. Any particular YouTube channel that you were watching? I was listening to a lot of like Phil Kusiowski, but what I mean by YouTube, I mean how to actually do repairs on our house that we bought. We had no idea how to renovate a house. So every little step came to what screws to use, how to do drywall, all that kind of stuff. We had to teach ourselves online. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Was there a particular channel that taught you or was it just I search in YouTube and whatever video pops up? We were just simply at the house. We didn't know how to do something, how to wire an outlet. We just type into YouTube, how to wire an outlet, and we just hope for the best. (laughs) And it worked out. (laughs) What type of experiences did you have with that first flip? I'm sure there were a lot of curveballs. Yeah. So that first flip, it was referred to me as a potential listing. And I had met this lady that referred it to me at a real estate investing seminar and her cousin got it in probate. And after I checked out the house to give him my opinion of it, he said, Hey, I heard you're an investor. Do you want to make me an offer? And at this time, I've never made an offer on a property before. I've only worked with buyers and sellers. So I was a little nervous, but I made him a low ball offer. I told him I can sell it for more on the market, but he just said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Game time. And I had no idea how I was going to get the money or anything like that. But we just figured it out step by step. I think the, the most important part was we got a really good deal. And I think once you have a really good deal under contract, you're able to make things happen from there. Take us back in time. You made an offer. He accepted it. What happened after that? 
then I got nervous and almost peed myself because I didn't <laughs> I didn't know what to do next. But my well, you went, uh, then you I went was to working YouTube. in an office with a lot of investors. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fortunately, I work in an office with a lot of investors and I was able to get help. Just I have some mentors here that just kind of walk me through it. So what specifically did you do though? Specifically, the best advice I got was lock it up. So I immediately sent him a contract <laughs> and got it under contract. And then from there, I started calling private money lenders. And due to the lack of experience, almost everybody said no. Fortunately, this property was in probate still. So we had a few months to close on it. And it took us, I think, about three months to find somebody that would actually lend to us because we didn't have much down. I had to sell a motorcycle just to have the down payment. And it wasn't much. It was like 2000 bucks. So we were just barely scraping by. But we were able to close just on time. And we put most of the renovations on a credit card. Yeah, that was about four years ago now. And we've learned a lot since then. And it's a lot easier for us to get money now. Oh, I bet. Let's still stay on this first deal. You had a lot of calls with money lenders. They all turned you down. Did one finally say yes? Yeah, after a lot of convincing. The guy that actually said yes, at this time we had already had an appraisal done. We paid for an inspection. We had a CMA of what it could sell for. He went and actually visited the house. So at least he went that far to actually check it out. And he knew that if for some reason we couldn't perform, he'd have a good deal if he took the property back. Mm -hmm. How'd you find him? Craigslist. You found the private lender on Craigslist? Yeah. It wasn't too hard. It was actually the first time I, <laughs> I was that desperate. I went to Craigslist because I didn't want to lose out on the deal because we had to close in just about a week. And I still hadn't found the money. So I just went to Craigslist and called the first guy that said I lend money. And he lent us the money. And I actually still refer him to this day. He's a little expensive. I don't use him as much as I would like to. But he helped us out on that first deal. So I, I still sent his name to new investors. What were the terms? Boy, I think we paid almost 10% in points and 30% interest annually, interest only. 10% in points. So what was the loan that you got? It was kind of small. If I remember right, I think it was around 60 grand or so. Okay. So you paid $6,000 as a upfront or rolled into the loan, I guess, right? Yeah. A lot of it was kind of rolled in. So the points were rolled in, the renovations, he had an extra $5,000 in there inside the loan and a holdback. But I believe the actual total finance amount was around 60000 bucks. Okay. I think we put about 6500 bucks on our credit card, and we did all the work ourselves. We couldn't really outsource anything. Wow. You got the loan for the acquisition plus 5000 for some rehab, but you had to then use your credit cards for the remaining amount of rehab materials, and you did the rehab yourself. Who'd you do this with? Who did we get the loan with? No, no, no. Did you partner with someone? Did you say your brother? Am I making that up? Yeah, my brother. Okay, your brother. Yeah, so my brother and I, and we had to have something down. I think he just needed a, a thousand bucks. And I kind of got it confused. I told you earlier I had to sell a motorcycle. We are actually buying another property at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> and that one we got seller finance and we just had to pay off her realtor. So that's where I needed to sell a motorcycle to pay off her realtor. Okay. And then we got that one financed directly. And we were closing on that one actually just before we got this house, but we didn't have any renovation costs to work on the one that we sell our finance. So. We were kind of going after two at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that was your first one. That was three years ago? 
Yeah, that was three years ago. Okay. And how have you evolved your business since then? It's a little bit more leveraged out. We have a great contractor. We have great private money lenders. And then we also have people that bring us to good deals. I think about six months or so after we did that first deal, I wanted to start kind of a local networking group here in North Idaho. There really wasn't one. There was one in Spokane, Washington that we visited. And we wanted to network with more investors, private money lenders, and contractors. So we just started our own meetup group or REI group, whatever you want to call it. And to this day, we still get about 30 or so people that show up every month. And out of that, we've been able to have a lot of partnerships that came out of it and a lot of deals that got referred to us from there. And over time, we've just learned that I think the best strategy possibly is to try to keep your properties and not flip them. If we would have kept each one and just refinanced it and kept some of the equity as profit and just rented them out, I think we'd be sitting a little bit better than we are today. Is that the approach now? You don't flip, you refinance? Yeah, that's what we've been doing for about a year or so now. How do you run your meetup? What's the flow of when we arrive? What do we experience? Typically, I just wait for everybody to kind of get settled. We usually start like 15 minutes later or so. And then I like everybody to stand up one at a time, introduce themselves, what they want to get out of this. When we're done there, I'll go over a little bit of like a market update in this local market. And I'll go over the inventory levels and current pending ratios and all that. So I'll do that monthly with everybody. And then we might have a guest speaker. We might not. I'll probably go over a topic if we don't have a guest speaker or a case study. And then I'll try to leave it open for networking for a good hour or so. Where do you host it? Right at my office at Keller Williams Realty in Coeur d'Alene. And you said it's monthly? Yes. We have one tonight. It's the first Thursday of each month. Very cool. And do you charge? No. It's absolutely free. What's been your experience with my meetup? I had it free and then I'd have 50 RSVPs and negative three people would attend. So I started charging $2.50 just so people had some skin in the game. And now I have like a 95% rate of people who RSVP actually show up. I know that the other guy here locally in Spokane, he charges for his meetup annually. And he mentioned to me, he did it free at first. And then he, almost the same kind of thing. He felt like people would respect it a little bit more if they had to pay for it. But I'm just not interested in trying to account for money at the door. I get plenty of business from it. And I'm not really doing it for a great attendance every time. I truly like to just network with people that are interested enough to come out on a nice day when they could be doing other things and learn more about real estate. Those are the people I want to engage in. I don't want to feel like I have to tempt them to come here. What's the last deal that you did? Can you give us the numbers and the breakdown of it? Do you want the one that we're just about to put on the market? Sure. Okay. This property is interesting. I got the lead from another investor. It was like a wholesale deal. But at first, he just referred me buyers to go look for a house. So I took these new buyers. I showed them a house. They got it under contract. And then in order to close on it, their lender came back and said, sorry, but we can't count your wife's income. You have to pay off $38,000 worth of debt in order for us to close on this deal. So the investor that was purchasing their house that referred me those people that he asked if I wanted to buy the property from him, he had it under contract at $60,000. He offered it to me for 80, which in this market is insanely low. 
So I kind of jumped on it. I made sure that the buyers slash sellers were okay with me getting involved. They were totally fine with it as long as they closed on their new house. So I went and got a private loan from another private money lender for 80000 I told him I'd bring twenty, and he would put 16000 into a holdback, so 4000 in fees total. And then the other 20000 I got from other private investors, 12000 from one and 8000 from somebody else, and I promised to pay him back 10% once we close on the deal. So that one, I didn't have any of my own money into it, and we got that one back in April, and we've had some hangups because we were building the shop. We still have yet to put any of our own money into it. We've been using some credit lines with Lowe's because, of course, we went over budget a little bit. But right now, I think we are in it about 110 with all fees included. And we should be able to resell it for about 179 maybe 175 on the low side. What's been the biggest challenge of this deal? Working with the city of Coeur d'Alene, <laughs> trying to get the permits for the shop or just getting the inspection process done. What are you referring to when you say permits for the shop? This house did not have a garage. In North Idaho, everybody wants a garage or a shop, and this property had enough room for one, so we decided to build a basic pole building type shop so somebody can park their car in there. So we've just been having issues with the city, and we finally got it resolved last week, but it held us up about a month. They wanted to make sure that the soil could handle the compactness or something like that. <laughs> had to get all third-party inspections to make sure that the soil can handle a shop. If you were presented the same situation again, what would you do differently in this process? I would have started getting the permits a lot earlier, like right from the start, even before we closed on the house. I think that would have sped things up a little bit quicker. I think we've kind of got our systems nailed down so that the renovation of the interior and the exterior of the house went along just fine and on schedule. So next time, if I was doing the same thing, I would just start the permit process a lot quicker. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice ever? Yep. I would keep your properties. <laughs> <laughs> on this particular one, I would love to keep it, but it's a partnership on this one. So I've got to retell it. But the last few properties I kept, I love them. They pay me every month. I was able to refinance them, get some equity out. That was my tax-free profit. Then I still get to keep the house and have the tenants paying down. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, bring okay, it. Great. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. Best ever book you've read? I'd say The Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Best ever deal you've done? 
the best ever deal I've ever done. I bought this little house in a rural town at a very cheap price, $29,000. I put like a few thousand into it. I refinanced it. It appraised at $84,000. I got to pay off a bunch of debt, got to keep $25,000, and it still cash flows $300 a month. And I only put about a few thousand of my own money into it, and I got much more back just after about a year. How'd you find it? On the MLS. It was on the MLS and nobody wanted it because it was too far away. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction you haven't talked about? Ooh, I've made so many. Let me see. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really get a well or a septic inspected before I bought a property. That was probably one of my biggest mistakes. What are the consequences of that? A good 5,000. It was scarier more than anything. It could have been a lot worse. Best ever way you like to give back? I like to donate to this little rescue pet shelter out in Shoshone County. It's actually not really a shelter, but it's a rescue kind of organization that they have, and they house pets. They don't have an actual building, but people take turns. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? They can go to our website, NorthIdahoREI.com. Well, thank you for being on the show, Nick, and thanks for sharing your best ever advice as well as that first flip. Holy cow. What a way to be scrappy and put it all together and just not take no for an answer and making it happen and ultimately $44,000 in your pocket. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Joe. Have a great day. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.